0: Many people don't want to hear that, but I think many workshops are just a waste of time. You have great ideas, but where's the doing? Oh, okay, maybe this isn't the right, you know, place to be.
1: Innovation Rockstars.
0: Innovation Rockstars.
1: In this episode, we are delighted to welcome PJ Mystery, Transform Program Manager at Unilever.
0: Hi, and welcome back to Innovation Rockstars. My name is Chris Mühlroth, as always. And in this episode, I am very much looking forward to welcome PJ, PJ Mystery. PJ is um, a, you you are a program manager, as I learned, of something that's called Transform. We'll learn from that. It's about global sustainability. Um, You're around in Rotterdam and London. Um, And what's interesting is you joined Unilever already at least a decade ago about 10 years which is quite much yeah. um and you started but you can tell your you know the story yourself if you want to but I see you started as a management trainee and then quickly transitioned into very impactful management roles across sales and marketing so um, it's awesome that you you know um, give us your time to be at the show thanks a lot for joining us I appreciate having you here.
1: Thank you. So excited to be here. All
0: right. And as always, we start with a short, it's a 60 seconds introduction sprint. We'll try to make sure to keep it in 60 seconds. There is a clock and a timer in the background. So, um, you know, just to make sure we time box it. And this sprint is all about you. It's about your career, your current role. So for the next 60 seconds, the virtual stage is all yours. PJ, let's go.
1: Awesome. So, like I said before, really excited to be here, calling in from Rotterdam, and I just want to start out by saying my personal purpose is to choreograph connection, collaboration, and compassion for each other and Mother Nature. I always like to start with my purpose because I feel that I'm a very purpose-driven person. That's where my passion and my success often roots from, and I've brought this to life Um, this purpose over two parallel paths over the last 10 years. And one is indeed working um, at Unilever in the sales and marketing function, primarily on purpose-oriented brands, brands with a really strong purpose for people and for planet, but also had this parallel journey that existed outside of Unilever, where I was supporting early stage innovators through an organization that I founded called Action Accelerator which offers mentorship, tools, and programs to early-stage innovators. And recently, about maybe eight months ago, I had this aha moment where I really realized that I wanted to bring these two worlds together. So this kind of startup environment that I had, but also this background I had working in the corporate side. And I had the opportunity to do that in the role that I've stepped into on Transform back in January. Which is an impact accelerator uniting corporates, donors, investors, and academics to support visionary social enterprises in Africa and Asia. And it's run in partnership with Unilever, the UK Foreign and Commonwealth Development Office, and EY. Plus also SAP for our digital platform that we run called the Transform Support Hub. So as you can imagine, that was a great first step um, on the journey. And I actually start a new role in August on The Foundry, which is a team dedicated to choreographing a more open innovation approach for Unilever with an external ecosystem, including startups and beyond. So. I'm excited to continue working in the corporate startup intersection. And
0: as I learned, you're all in for alliterations. So we have uh, connection, collaboration, <laughs> compassion, that is with the letter C, yes. people and purpose, letter P, <laughs> action accelerator, letter A. Interesting. Hey, and by <laughs> the way, how did you come up with your personal purpose? I'm interested.
1: Ah, oh, that's a great question. I think for me, it's really been a journey of little pieces along mm-hmm. the way that when mm-hmm. I reflect backwards, I think, what were the situations I always found myself in? What was the energy that I always found? And, and w- w- what moments was that in? And really just doing a lot of personal reflection and introspection along the way to to figure that out. So indeed, I've kind of changed it over the years to find the sweet spot that sounded and felt right to articulate it. But yeah, I would say lots of personal introspection. Got it. All right.
0: <laughs> and um, as a as a next uh, set of questions, what, what I would love to do is to Um, Just get to know you a little better and I have three sentence starters for you and I would like to ask you to complete uh, those sentences and let's start with number one it goes like this I chose to work at Unilever because
1: I have always believed that there are three types of groups those that have the power to change the world but not the dream those that have the dream but not the power and those that have both the dream and the power. And I really felt that Unilever was an opportunity to find that sweet spot of the power and the dream, um, and really work at an organization where I could make change and it have an immediate and scalable impact.
0: Yeah, certainly, Unilever is in a a position to do that, uh, no doubt about that. All right, number two, sentence number two. Uh, We have to talk about AI, right? Because AI is such a such a hype (laughs) right now. So the question, so the sentence is, um, from your perspective, AI will have an impact on You know, my work in terms of what?
1: I think really helping me focus on innovation strategies and projects more specifically, while some of the things that take up a lot of my mental space today uh, will be taken care of by this AI other in the room
0: yeah yeah so I've heard about use cases that go like writing birthday cards
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> writing yeah. emails yes yeah.
0: things like that so exactly. well even that can save time Crafting okay, social, social media
1: posts uh, yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I've
0: seen a, that that's that's really a big problem because most of my LinkedIn feed right now yeah. feels like it's just written by chat GPT really okay, oh forward, that's so interesting yeah I need to start paying attention Yeah, it's not original <laughs> anymore yeah okay, anyways okay sentence number three <laughs> um a podcast that I want to recommend is
1: Unlocking Us by Brene Brown. I'm a huge fan of her work overall as an author, but really listening to her podcast has helped me grow in my emotional intelligence and the way in which I interact and support others. And it's really improved my own health and well being. And I say this in kind of multi multifaceted way, both the learning that I've had from the podcast, but also the opportunity to listen to podcasts and build that into my routine, which I used to do on my commute to work and I no longer have. So I recently started integrating it into my runs and that's actually been really motivating to go on the run and really kind of motivating to stay going uh, as quickly and as purposely as possible when I'm on the run because I'm really engaged in in the podcast.
0: Great to hear. So everybody, you know, if you're interested, join the podcast, follow and see uh, what this is all about. Thanks for the recommendation, PJ. Uh, Really appreciate. Now let's talk about your Unilever journey. Can you share, you know, the journey, how you landed in your current role starting 10 years ago, now where you are today, and also what's your, you know, main responsibilities at Transform Program Manager as of today, and maybe also what will be new responsibilities when you're new, uh, entering your new role uh, in just a few weeks or months.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, in regards to this, very similar to having done the deeper introspection around my purpose. I think I've spent a lot of time over the last few years, especially thinking about where I wanted to kind of exist within my career, the types of roles I wanted to have, but also the responsibilities within those roles. And I really found that I enjoy a focus a bit more on the strategic operation side. So playing Mm -hmm. the part of, you know, really believing in the brand or the program that I'm working on, but being the one under the hood, working on the engine, making sure that we can go you know as fast and efficiently as possible. And so with that in mind, my transform role has been one of the first opportunities where I've been really focused on playing a bit that strategic operation role with two key focus areas. So the first was really about how did we scale the impact that we're making on transform through exploring new models for collaboration and partnership inside and outside Unilever, and that includes the value propositions for Unilever to even really be running a program like Transform in the first place. And we can speak more about that later for sure. Um, And two is really about making Transform famous in order to engage more social Mm -hmm. enterprises and partners in Mm -hmm. the impact that we create. Because in the end, if people don't really know about us and don't engage with us, then our impact is stifled. So during this role, I've had, you know, I've really especially enjoyed bringing my experience with the core business of Unilever to this program, starting to work in the startup corporate collaboration space and really helping to create stronger links uh, for the business to the work that Transform is doing.
0: And so I I, I love that. And I just heard, you know, in your introduction, you said, um, and also I guess I read it on LinkedIn or something that you describe yourself as an action Accelerator, which in itself, again, isn't an alliteration, but, uh, maybe, you know, can you explain what, what is an action accelerator?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a funny one because actually the organization I founded back in 2017 is indeed called Action Accelerator. And by mm. the way, I do love an alliteration. One of my best friends would always say that I signed most of my emails off with positively PJ. <laughs> so it's, it gets a little bit too See, quirky at times, go. but you've spotted it for sure. Um, and then I don't know, again, had an epiphany that actually the same name that I used to uh, name my organization is actually one in which I feel that I embody. And for me, this Mm. is really about, you know, having been in endless meetings or events where we talk and we talk and we talk about the problems of the world. We even come up with all of the brilliant solutions to solve all of the problems in the world, um, but really leave a lot of times, whether it's the meeting or the event, and we just Mm. don't do anything and nothing ever happens. And so I really do believe that there's not a lack of innovative ideas out there. Actually, I think probably most of the solutions are there if we just kind of go searching for them or really follow through with some of the ideas that pop up in some of these kind of catalyzing moments. But it's really a lack of rolling up our sleeves and getting to work. So you know, having identified this and or felt this tension um kind of in the, the industry in which we operate or the environment in which we operate, I've really started to focus on bringing my passion and purpose to organizing actions, prioritizing actions, achieving actions, and really focusing on doing versus talking. And I think sometimes that can be a little bit like the Um, I don't know, the somewhat like operational or tactical or silly thing Mm -hmm. to do. Like, you know, we all want to be in these important and big discussions, but I've really had to accept for myself that I will take on less meetings. I will attend fewer events in order to balance that I'm the time that it will take afterwards to really make sure that I do Mm -hmm. do the follow up. So I don't want to just be running from meeting to meeting and actually never have any time to do. And so when we talk about or when I talk about being an action accelerator, for me, it's about making sometimes tougher choices to not be in the room at certain moments, but it's a trade-off making sure that for the rooms I'm in, I leave those and I um, immediately get to work on, on creating action and, and doing something about all the great ideas that might have
0: emerged. So I love that because I firmly believe that most of the meetings, and many people don't want to hear that, but I think most of the meetings are just a waste of time. Sorry for that, yeah. and I think also many workshops that are being held all yeah. over the world every day are a yeah. just a waste of time yeah. due to the reasons that you said. For example, you, you know you have great ideas, all good, yeah. and then nothing happens. That's one thing, yeah. but also you need to discuss what you discussed last week <laughs> and then follow yes. up on that, and then you discuss what you do next week. But where's the doing? Uh, yeah. So, one hundred percent believe, and I also one hundred percent support that statement that there is you know not a lack of ideas out there but actually a lack of execution and we see this too yeah. we see this a lot and if not already i'm also convinced that having ideas will soon become an inflationary commodity just think of you know all the chat gpt hype yeah. whatever it is yeah. bard generative ai just producing ideas with some context but action is a different animal yeah. um but unfortunately this is exactly where innovation programs often are criticized hundreds of ideas zero impact yeah. um can you share any you know specific strategies or tools that you use to ensure to actually you know turn things into action?
1: yeah, it's it's a good question. I've been thinking about it a, a bit lately as well. And I think mm. very tangibly, probably even just thinking about an event, for instance, I really make sure that mm. I block the first day that I'm back from that event to make sure that I've connected with everyone on LinkedIn, that I've met there, that I um, make yeah. all the connections with the people I've met to maybe someone else that I mentioned, I would do that, or that I really think about how I could collaborate with that organization and send the follow-up emails and start booking meetings. So even if it's blocking half a day when you get back, but just making sure that you hold that space, um, I think that's really important. Another one that I've been doing is really having more, you know, identifying what part of the day I have the most energy. And it was something we were actually mm-hmm. talking a little mm-hmm. bit about before we even started, you know, recording the podcast, but I really tend to wake up with the most energy. And so rather than kind of drink my coffee or have en- any kind of caffeine or, or energy source in the morning, I will save that for the afternoon where I know I tend to be a little bit like less energetic. So I schedule my meetings for the mornings, um, or I will block certain times to make sure that I have focused time in the morning, because again, it's the really that time when I'm most on and and really feel energized, and so I usually block nine to ten a.m. and then probably around like four to five p.m. and I block like a solid amount okay. during lunchtime to go for a walk, and so maybe it's a. A bit much, but I think for me, it helps make sure that my meetings are really in a block of time and that Mm -hmm. I then Mm -hmm. have blocks to really focus. And I think the last one that comes to mind is that I started recently doing no meetings Wednesdays where rather than Fridays, which I've heard people do, I find that by Friday to the point around energy, you're like ready for the weekend. Like it's sometimes a little bit difficult to really stay focused on Friday. Um, And so rather than really make that my no meetings day, if you're doing it already, I like Wednesdays because the week sort of started, you have some things that you're already feeling a bit of hunger to do, but you also know a few things are still coming and you get that moment to pause. And it's not to say I never have any meetings, but it's that I block it. So I choose if I want to have a meeting. So I might have a meeting with someone else, but they're not able to put that time on my calendar. Or if someone does, again, this is about sometimes being a bit, uh, yeah, needing to kind of take that risk or be a bit courageous. I'll just decline it or propose a new time, even though technically I'm free. For me, that time is precious. So I will say, sorry, can we do this on Tuesday or Thursday or Friday morning? Uh, So, yeah, those are just a few things that come to mind.
0: And do you just, you know, also walk out of meetings or would that be considered rude? That's a know. great
1: question. I have heard a few people who do that. I don't. Yeah. I think I'm still not courageous okay. enough okay. to, okay. Okay. you know, leave mid-meeting, but I try to be like very clear going into the meeting. Why are we having this meeting? Sure. What are we trying to get out of it? So I think that's maybe the balance. So doing it in advance rather than showing up and going, oh, okay, maybe this isn't the right you know, place to be
0: that's the thing okay okay (laughs) got got it okay okay just a question just curious okay so let's go back to unilever and also the um what you mentioned before the collaboration with startups so um can you maybe walk us through and talk us through some of that for example what um what criteria you use to identify and select startups to work with like the scouting part the evaluation part how does that go
1: yep absolutely so At Unilever, we have a few different models on how we engage with our external ecosystem. So that can be startups, but it can also extend out to academics, government, investors, Mm -hmm. different um, bodies that we believe could be relevant partners for some of the business initiatives that we're driving. And this, you know, overall kind of leads to a few different like specific programs that we have. Um so the first is the Unilever Ventures, which is a venture capital and private equity arm for Unilever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also mm-hmm. then have more accelerator programs where we're supporting startups and scale-ups that maybe aren't quite at the scale yet to partner with Unilever, but through a bit of business support, through a bit of initial funding, whether that's grant funding or a bit of um like seed capital investment um dollars, then they can kind of get to the stage that are, they're ready to really work with Unilever as a supplier or as per, perhaps like an innovation partner. Um, and then we also have another program called the Foundry. And this is the team that I'm moving to in August, in fact, from Transform. And so Transform really sits in the accelerator space, I would say, along with 100 plus accelerator, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. another program we have. But the Foundry is about really choreographing the end-to-end strategy for for collaboration with our external ecosystem. So really, how can we have, take a bit more of an open innovation approach and look at every element of, of that journey, not just the building of relationships with startups. And so the things you mentioned around, you know, sourcing, scouting and, and choosing them, but actually really starting with step one, which also answers part of your question, which is identifying the areas within Unilever where kind of working with the external ecosystem even makes sense. There's a lot of internal capabilities that we have already, but there's places where we want to innovate and places we want to work in a different way. And so really helping the business see that, you know, within your strategy, this is the part where we know a lot about today or we have a lot of capabilities. And this is an area where we're willing to work with someone more externally. So helping to kind of identify that strategy element. Then going out to build the relationships and do the scouting and bring the relevant organizations into Unilever. And then the last stage of really fast tracking those partnerships, because of course, with mm-hmm. any big company, there's these procurement processes, these long vendor, you know, into onboarding processes. How do we o- overcome some of that to create a bit of a agile, approach to really kind of meet startups and scale ups in the culture that they have as well, that works a lot more in a fast paced way. So really looking at that full journey. So I think that's quite exciting to me because I do think, and it's again, something I think we can talk about later. There are some challenges to partnering between startups and corporates. You can't just find a startup, solve a business challenge and boom, you know, there's things that that need to be enabled in order to really make that happen successfully.
0: Yes, yes, of course. totally, totally, totally true. Um, but if you know um, if if you quickly you know just can dive into the foundry, I'm interested in transform because yeah. that's kind of what what you've been you know doing for for quite some time. Yeah. But you said one thing that's really interesting to me about the foundry is that you start with strategy with you know strategic action fields, strategic yeah. priorities, strategic imperatives whatsoever. How how do you how can you connect to that? I mean Unilever is such a big organization. Oh, I mean you have tons of strategies. Sure, yes. you have a corporate strategy, but there's tons of yes. you know smaller strategies and then also tactics. So so how could you tap into this vast sea of strategies yeah. and find, you know, the missing connections?
1: Yeah, I think that this one is definitely in that list of challenges, so to speak. And that's why hmm. I think in that first space of trying to identify the strategies, one of the things we have to overcome is the organizational structures of Unilever. And where is the source of the right, or where's the right place to start when you're trying to identify those strategies? So for now, one thing we're trying to do is really the way Unilever is organized is we have these business groups that are focused, for instance, around home care or around ice cream. And Those business groups really operate as their own mini businesses with, you know, the finance team, the supply chain team, the R&D teams. And so we're going directly to the business group leaders and asking them, you know, what's going on with your strategy? Where do you feel strongly? What are the opportunities you're still really struggling with? And I think a second part to that is then bringing together the various programs and groups that are at Unilever, such as the 100 Plus Accelerator transform the foundry the ventures team we also have a nutrition and ice cream ecosystems team really bringing them all together in the room to say how can we look Mm -hmm. at this business strategy and work together or complement each other to solve it so rather than kind of operating as in silos even since anyway we're all quite small teams it's nice to really work together as one force of really partnering with the external ecosystem and And addressing some of those strategic elements so we're starting that with a few pilots and we'll see how that works um maybe we need to start a bit smaller but we're starting there for now
0: (laughs) well why why not (laughs) the ambition can be big and bold like and then and and then take it from there okay cool and now about the the transform program um um um, which you're you know actually transitioning from to then the foundry understood but you know, tell me more about transform because that's really yeah. interesting, um, about accelerators about, of course, yeah. making an impact with being and, you know, um, providing an accelerator. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do you have like goals? Are there, for example, yeah, hard quantitative goals? Is it more qualitative? Is it more purpose-driven? Um, and what's yeah. the approach? Like you just yeah. mentioned something like scouting, sourcing, onboarding, vendor onboarding, you know, yeah. all that stuff. But yeah. h- how do you actually do that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think for transform, you know, starting with a little bit of context on how do we, you know, build those external relationships, what are the criteria, if you will, that that we leverage, there's Two key intersections to that. So one is our impact priorities that we have. So these are really oriented around the sustainable development goals because in the end, we are working on how we can improve the lives of low income consumers. And so looking at that through the impact lens, we have six kind of focus areas. For instance, protecting and regenerating nature looking at how um, we can also work around across water, you know, being another example. So these are kind of our impact pillars. And then we also have our geographic pillars. So our geographic focus is what I've mentioned around Asia and Africa, but it tends to be more specifically sub-Saharan Africa, South Asia, also expanding into Southeast Asia and Colombia. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with these kind of two intersections, we're able to think, okay, what's happening in these spaces Where are the the startups and scale ups kind of working in this space um, that need the most acceleration support and and then really are relevant to the business challenges that Unilever is focused on, but also the impact priorities of the UK Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office as well as EY. So you know, as a partnership model, we're looking across the group to say, you know, what are the needs and you know how how does our portfolio look like today of the social enterprises that we're supporting. Where are the gaps? How can we bring in more in these spaces? So there's a few intersections, but that's kind of how the how we take the approach. And then from there we'd look at how we can create really three types of impact. And so when you talk about that, whether that's qualitative, quantitative, I'd say it's a bit, it's a mix of both um, in a way. And I think there's and so I would kind of focus on just what are those three impact areas and really think about some examples there. So the first type of impact is really around the social and environmental impact. So when we talk about the sustainable development goals, when we talk about how that translates into our six impact priorities for us, really looking at are we making a tangible impact um, to people and planet That is, of course, our number one priority. So looking at that from an example, for instance, of Trashcon, which is one of the social enterprises we work with, which mechanically segregates mixed waste and then turns it into building materials, unlocking a more sustainable model for waste processing. The second area that's really important from an impact perspective is the business impact. So of course, you, you know, partners like Unilever wouldn't be involved if there wasn't also this, you know, the give and the mm-hmm. get, so to speak, about how we create impact for the work that we're also do, trying to do. And so a project such as Kadami Mart working with, um, them in Ethiopia, where they've actually given, uh, women and rural Ethiopia, the opportunity to become female entrepreneurs and distribute Unilever products in door to door throughout these rural markets, which really extends our distribution lines, but also creates new income generating opportunities for women. So really a win-win across the board. And so it still has that element of social and environmental impact, but now we're also talking here, how can we create that business impact for Unilever? And then um, and, and for the other partners involved, of course. So, and then finally, we also focus on employee impact. So, that being employee, or maybe you could also call this personal development. Um, how can those that are working within the partner organizations that we have really provide mentoring and coaching opportunities for professionals that are seeking to connect with impact projects and get on the front line of innovation? So, I mentioned the Transform Support Hub earlier, but it's a digital, um, on-demand platform or any social enterprise anywhere in the world. So not just limited to our current geographic scope and really focus on any impact pillar, not just the six we talked about. So the broad full 17 SDGs can join and mm-hmm. gain access mm-hmm. to opportunities to matchmake with the employees working, for instance, at Unilever and the employee at Unilever will say, I have 30 minutes a month to support a social enterprise and create impact, but also really get on the front line of what's happening and learn about innovation. And the social enterprise will say, I really need support on, you know, the sales side. And they'll be matched based on the experience and the time available and then go through that journey together, perhaps over a few months Um, maybe it could be longer as well. So that's a really nice example of how we really think about employee impact as well.
0: So pretty, pretty broad initiative, um, I'd say how many people are, you know, um, running the transform program.
1: So it's interesting with transform because we have about four people, four or five people who work Mm full-time on mm -hmm. Transform, but we have Mm -hmm. an interesting model where at Unilever, there's an opportunity that we call Flex, where you can say that you'd like to develop further skills or have access to new opportunities so you can work like 20% on a project. So we actually have like three or four people additionally who are working 50% on Transform, 20% 20% on transform. So it depends on what the project or the opportunity is, but it's, it's a mix. So that's quite nice too, because it creates new lenses to the team and not just all of us yeah. working in a bubble, so to speak.
0: Yeah, that's good. So you have this element of rotation, like yeah. a, a rotation in there. How, how long do they stay? Is it like a fixed term, like half a month, uh, sorry, half a year or something, or is it more flexible?
1: Well, the four people that I mentioned are always on the transform team, those are permanent roles. So those are ongoing. And just like a similar career journey, they can, you know, decide when, you know, it's time for them to take the next step in, in their career. But actually, it's quite, I would say, uh, kind of Pillar of pride for the team is that we've had quite a few people stay on the team since it first started in 2015 so really shows that it's giving them you know challenging opportunities new opportunities but really that they're getting to operate in their passion and purpose space so that's quite nice to see for the flex roles it's more project oriented so maybe it's something where it's a okay, year okay. or half a year yeah. it it just depends on what the opportunity is
0: Yeah project okay that's what I was yeah. looking for okay cool interesting All right, since you've been doing this for quite some time, I would like to also, you know, pick your brain on lessons learned and also challenges. But before we do that, I would like to play a quick game, a rapid fire round, a super simple game. This is how it works. I will ask you a question. And the the whole idea of this is to answer fast, like speed is key. All right, number one, what's the one book that has profoundly influenced your personal life?
1: I would say the first 90 days. I love how it sets you up for success in any mm. new role. And it's the book that I've gone back to over and over again as I start any new role. It really helps me get started, define my relationship with my manager and start getting to outcomes mm-hmm. sooner rather than later.
0: First 90 days, all right. Yes. That's, I guess, a very, very, I-, I hear this from quite some time, so this must huh? be a really good one. It's great. Really good <laughs> one. Okay, Okay. all right. Okay, number two. Um, this is going to be interesting. Uh, imagine you have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it. What would it say, and why?
1: Very simply, follow your passion, and success will follow you. Why? For me, because time and time again, this has been my strategy, and it has worked. Both to redefine superficial ideas of success, and to create new ones as I change and evolve. In fact, it's really funny because when I was in university, I used to have these little business cards that were like for networking that yeah. said my name and email. But on the back of the card, um, along with the sunflower, which you can see behind me, there was a there was exactly this quote. And uh, even to this day, 10 years later, I would really say that as long as I've been following my passion, it seems that... Hmm. Yeah, success is coming my way in in new ways and new definitions.
0: That's a uh, very uh, deep. Thank <laughs> you. So next question will not be at, not be that deep, um but but equally interesting. Um talk about travel. What's the next country you'd love to travel to and why?
1: So My partner and I have been talking about Indonesia and we couldn't make it work this year because I was, you know, starting out this whole new career journey and I wanted to really focus on that. And if we go, we really want to spend three weeks there. But I think for us, it's really because there's this perfect mix, or so we've heard, of sunshine, beaches and nature to explore. And so we're really excited just to get out there and reconnect with nature. So we're thinking about it for early next year.
0: Wonderful. All right. So early, early, early the year is a better time to go there than later the year. I don't know.
1: That's a good question. Maybe that's some research. We need to yeah. validate that works yeah, with yeah, our yeah, calendar, okay, but okay, maybe okay. not nature's.
0: <laughs> Just taking guesses. All right. Okay, cool. Okay. So um, picking your brain uh, and your experience, um, I think this is also very, you know, interesting and valuable for all the the listeners. Um, either it's the voice or even the the, the video podcast um, maybe you can speak to some of the biggest challenge actually making collaboration happen um, during your time at Unilever. Um, um, because, you know, um, yes, I agree. There is a certain process to source, you know, new startups or vendors. mean, um, it obviously takes time in large organizations to make things happen, to onboard, um, you know, new startups or to make collaborations happen. So, you know, biggest challenges to make collaboration happen um, maybe maybe have a few insights um, that you can share with the audience.
1: Absolutely, and as promised, you know I may, I alluded to some of them earlier, and I and I'm really happy to yeah. dig into yeah. to them because I do think that if we don't think about these challenges and then indeed try to think about what the solutions are to overcome them, then we'll just be stuck in a place where startup corporate collaboration is sort of looked at as ah oh, that doesn't really work it it you know there aren't enough bright sparks and yes. to prove that out. So I think. The first one is an element of culture. And that's one that I spoke a bit about earlier. When you look at culture across these two types of organizations, they're extremely different. You know, I've alluded to Unilever being a bigger company, having processes in place, um, having a lot of existing capabilities that we, that we have. And, and that's great. And it works. And, and when you're at this scale, that's obviously what you need, but you do have both people and processes that can hold you back sometimes from moving at the speed or moving in the way that a startup in a scale up might have, where there tends to be a little bit more of this culture of moving quickly of, okay, we've, you know, failed at this, let's move on and just keep going. Whereas sometimes maybe at a bigger company, you'll then need to do a whole report on it. And maybe there's like, uh, you know, a lot of insecurities that get involved, but I think there really is this culture at a startup of, you know, moving quickly, needing Mm -hmm. to kind of adjust the approach. Mm -hmm. So finding the sweet spot where these two cultures can work together, because you also don't want to bog down a partnership with you need to fill out this template and this document, and we need to work on this, you know, six month NDA process. So how does how does that look? And how do we overcome some of the cultural barriers? I think that's one challenge. Another one is then maybe related to that is around measurement and KPI misalignment. So I think
0: You know, Mm -hmm. we're looking Mm -hmm. at
1: two different sets of what success looks like. And so how do you make sure that you can align those KPIs and not just align them, but then also think about how you're going to measure them and what will that process, so to speak, look like in order to measure and make sure that you can show and illustrate the impact to others so that you can do more of it in the future? Because of course, that's always one of the first questions that come up when I'm talking to colleagues at Unilever about the work that we're doing is, you know, what does the impact look like? Show me some numbers. So that's the second one. And I think the the third one is for me, scale. And when I talk about scale, what I mean is that a lot of the times to address some of the business challenges we are talking about within Unilever and work with an external ecosystem, well, we still need them to reach the scale that we need to, you know, supply our products or or what, you know, of course. So then I think, With that in mind, how do you get a startup or scale up who has a maybe really innovative approach or technology and get them to the place where they're able to partner? And that's where some of the models around acceleration, like transform and the hundred plus accelerator for me really come into play. And so I think it's important in the suite of, you know, programs and. Approaches you have to start up corporate co- collaboration that there is an accelerator in there somewhere and definitely always opportunities, of course, to collaborate with accelerators that already exist because both transform and hundred plus accelerator are partnerships between a few different companies. So you also don't have to go out and create it yourself. Those are the three that immediately come to mind. But I do think one more small one or not small, but one that you actually identified earlier is around linking to the strategy. So really navigating your own organization yeah. to yeah. think about where are the right strategies that you could leverage startup thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, that's super helpful. And I guess great advice for basically anybody out there in a similar position Now, when we look to the future, um, you know, let's talk about the big idea, right? So the vision for, you know, the evolution of startup collaboration uh, with large enterprises. Where do you see this going in the next few years?
1: I would just like to see more of it and Mm -hmm. not just done in isolation or done, you know, with your your name on the screen, if you will, but just really done in partnership, so seeing a lot of this spirit of collaboration, putting our egos and our competitive elements aside to really think about some of the world's biggest challenges and taking an open innovation approach
0: yeah, so it's it's open, yeah, yeah that's the thing yeah, yeah. So it's a, okay that's okay, how we're going
1: to solve the world's op- biggest challenges. I truly believe that we can't we can't do it in silos or you know taking a competitive approach,
0: yeah. Become too complex. I I totally understand. Yeah, I totally understand. Okay. And uh, yeah, PJ, we're kind of close to closing this episode, to the Mm -hmm. end of this episode, but let's uh, maybe take um, some time to summarize. Um, And um, um, what I like to do is, you know, ask you for three recommendations, like actionable recommendations Uh, you want listeners to take away um, from this episode, like a summary, like, you know, what's the one, two, three PJs? super secret ways of being <laughs> successful um, in that area?
1: <laughs> They're definitely not super secret. I'm happy to share sure, more so. on them with anyone. And I would say that the first is really about being clear on the problem statement that you're solving for the business. So we've talked about that multiple times mm-hmm. throughout the conversation so far, but really start with the problem statement. What are, what are the challenges you're trying to overcome? And then you can identify the solutions and the relationships that are out there to address it. But don't just grab on to the idea of startup collaboration for the sake of working with, you know, these very innovative organizations. Really think about that problem first. Fall in love with that problem that you're trying to solve. The second would be about being really focused on impact. So making sure that you're linking the value for all of the organizations that are involved, both the the companies um, that are wanting to engage with the startups and for the startup. So really thinking about that give, get, or win, win, whatever you want to call it, but really making sure that impact is at the heart of what you're creating for everyone involved. And I would say then this naturally leads to also really having senior leadership support within your organization Mm. to make sure that you have the right stakeholders and, and ongoing support that when you want to take a little bit more of a different direction or a more of an innovative approach, that you have those senior leaders who are really behind you that are going to help you navigate specifically those cultural shifts that we've talked about that don't just happen overnight and you're going to need that support in order to navigate through the organization and, and again, create that impact.
0: Yes. Wow. Okay. Brilliant. I guess maybe we can use some of them as a quote for the podcast episode. <laughs> so, super, super, um, super, super visionary. Thanks for that. And, and now, okay, there was a future. Now let's look at the past. Finally, if you look at your professional career so far at Unilever, um, tell me about your greatest innovation rockstar moment that you had so far.
1: So for me, and I think this really alludes to what I said earlier around really enjoying kind of working on the engine and, and being a bit more on the strategic operations side. So for me, and also just generally loving being a connector and a bridge builder. I would say my Innovation Rockstar moment was when I was able to bring together the various teams at Unilever that were working on corporate startup collaboration so that we could address the needs of Unilever together. And we're only at the beginning of that journey, but I really believe that we can tap into our collective resources and unlock more impact for the collaborators, Unilever, and the external ecosystem, all for the benefit of people and planet if we do it together.
0: People and planet, here we go with alliterations again. Well, that's a wonderful rockstar moment. PJ, thanks very much. Um, um, great rockstar moment. And um, yeah, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much again for being my guest. It um, was a pleasure. Um, thanks for all your um, actionable recommendations and insights from your current role and your current mission at uh, Unilever. I'm pretty sure um, it's going to be exciting few more years to come. Um, and thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And uh, yeah, to everybody listening or watching, if you enjoyed this episode, simply leave us a comment on this episode or just drop us an email. Uh, Email address is info at innovationrockstars.show. That's it. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. See you. Bye-bye.
1: That was Innovation Rockstar PJ Mystery, Transform Program Manager, giving a behind-the-scenes look at Unilever's many collaboration programs. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Don't hesitate to reach out to us at info at show with your feedback, comments, or questions. And if you're hungry for more inspiring innovation stories, be sure to check out our website at www.itonicsinnovation.com slash podcast or browse through our Innovation Rockstars channel on all major podcast platforms.